You are listening to the How to Talk to Girls podcast with me, Trip Kramer. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the How to Talk to Girls podcast. I'm your host, Trip Kramer from tripadvice.com. Welcome back to another episode where we are continuing on this week with the theme of sex and sexual communication. In fact, on today's episode, we are talking about the sex conversations that you can have on a first date. And I interview Dr. Tara. Yes, we have a doctor here who is actually studied and has done research in many areas of sexuality, where today we're going to talk about the proper ways to have conversations with the girl that you are dating or the person that you have been uh, on multiple dates with, and maybe she's even your girlfriend, and how to bring up the idea of sexual desires and what you're looking for. And she gives actual practical advice on what questions to ask to get these conversations started. It is awesome, and it's very helpful. And this is not something that I have talked about here on the podcast, and it's great to have someone who has actually done research in the area and knows this stuff very well. So you're going to learn a lot today on sexual communication. Now, we, we talked about that in our last episode, but it was a little bit more specific. It was sexual communication around the desire to have a threesome. This is more just getting on a level on all things sexual. So talking about all the different areas of your desires, kinks, etc. So it really kind of encompasses a little bit more in terms of uh, sexuality. So we're zooming out a little bit here. And like I said, it's funny, last last episode I said that it's funny that we have these uh, two people on who are experts in this field and happen to be talking about something very similar. It is a complete coincidence, but hopefully you're enjoying it. If you like the last one, you're definitely going to like this one. And if you haven't listened to the last one, I think you should too. It's my interview with Aaron Cayley, where we do talk about threesomes. So if you're interested in this topic, definitely check that one out. It's the one before this episode. Now, a lot of guys need help in this area. I want to give you the opportunity to be able to work on this on your own. What do I mean by that? Well, what if you had an actual program, a video course that taught you everything to get to the point where you were meeting and attracting women so you can have these conversations, so you can be on a first date or many first dates with many women where you can have the conversations you want around sex, right? Obviously, you can't do that if you're not meeting enough women. So what if there was a video course that could help you with that? Well, there is. It is one that I created. It is one that will help you do that. It's called Hooked, which you can check out at getherhooked.com. Getterhook.com is the website where you're going to watch a video and you're going to learn more about it. So what does that mean? That means you're going to learn about how the video course works and what kind of results you can get. And it is incredible. And I have a lot of guys, thousands of guys who have purchased, invested, and took this program and went through it and have gotten results. And it's very simple. They've been able to get results because they took the time to actually not only go through the program, but use it. I don't want anyone of you to get a program or buy a book and then let it sit on the shelf. By the way, I'm guilty. I buy books all the time and let them sit on the shelf. I do eventually get to them, but I should be going through them faster. But anyway, this is not about me. This is about you getting the help that you need. If you need more help meeting women, talking to women, getting more confident, check out my Hooked program. It's called Hooked because it teaches you how to get a woman hooked on you. It teaches you how to build attraction with women. Go to getherhooked.com today and go ahead and get that course, which is taught by yours truly, and it will teach you everything you need to know on how to build attraction with the women that you meet and give you a whole plan on how to do it. So you actually can take the advice, use it, and get results and have the dating life that you want. Check it out, getherhooked.com. That will be in the show notes, so you can easily click that and then check it out. All right, let's get into today's interview. We're talking to Dr. Tara about sex conversations and sexual communication. Without further ado, here it is. Dr. Tara, thanks for being on the podcast. How are you? I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me, Trip. Yes, I found you on TikTok. I was just telling you before we started, I love your TikToks. I think you give great information on sex and sexual health and communication. And I thought, I got to have this person on the podcast. And this is a true story. I do reach out to quite a bit of people, you know, to be on the podcast. And you were someone who I was legitimately very <laughs> excited to talk to. And not that I'm not excited to talk to everyone I invite on, but yours was especially because I think you're you're very smart and you have a lot of very uh, good things to say that I think will help the guys who listen. So anyway, thank you for being here. Thank you so much, Trip. Well, I hope I don't trip while speaking. 
I think you're going to do great. You have a podcast yourself called Love Bites. Yes. So my podcast is Love Bites by Dr. Tara. And each episode is with a sexuality expert of some sort. Um, This coming episode, we're going to have a tantric sex expert talking about what is tantric sex like. So I'm excited. Very cool. And what's your specialty? My specialty is sexual communication. And what is sexual communication? Sexual communication is the communication that you have internally with yourself and communication that you have interpersonally with someone else, be it sexual partner or your romantic partner about sex. This can occur before sex, during sex, after sex. So how did you get into this? When I uh, was in my PhD program, I started studying relationships, but I didn't specifically study uh, sex aspect of in the relationship. I was studying the interpersonal communication and empathy within a relationship. And the more I dig into that realm of like empathy and understanding other people, I came across this literature of people not having uh, a satisfying sex life and how like uh, their partners lack empathy on understanding them and their sexual issues. And I was so interested in, huh, how does that work? Uh, So I kept reading more and more. And ever since I became a professor full-time at Cal State Fulton, uh, I have always done research and I taught, and I mean, I'm still teaching sexual communication every semester. And it's been a great time. I love studying sex. I love reading research on sex. I think it's so interesting. It is one of the most natural things that humans do and yet so taboo and stigmatized and uh, still a huge problem for you know, specifically single people, right? Why do you think it's so stigmatized? I'm curious your thoughts on this. I have a couple of ideas, but why do you think it's so stigmatized? Yeah, so it depends on which country and culture we're talking about. If we're talking about the U.S., uh, it is stigmatized due to religion. Yep. Uh, Mainly religion and the teaching that, you know, sex is impure, sex is dirty, sex is only for after marriage. And if you do it before, it's a sin and you're going to hell. So that's why sex is so much, gives people so much anxiety. Yeah, it's interesting, right? I mean, also the, the whole idea where it is a sensitive topic because it is something that could potentially traumatize you as a child if you have any kind yeah. of uh, bad issues, you know. So it feels like it's this combination of religion, but also it's a big part of our psychology and who we are in our relationship that we have with our parents and, and so on and so forth. So it's it's very complicated. It is. It is complicated and yet simple. I, I think there are a few tricks in ways we change our perspectives on how we look at it that makes it very simple. You look at it in a simple way. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, I don't discount like the complexity of it, but I do think for my personal life that I have found a way to make it simple. <laughs> Just are for you, me. Are you in a relationship right now? I am. How long have you been in a relationship for? Um, for, I would say, a long time. A long time? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Several <laughs> years. Got it. A long time. So... I've... I've yeah, uh, always said like the number uh, doesn't really matter. But yeah, I'd say a long time. I'm pretty, I'm feeling pretty emotionally secured in this relationship. And what's your doctorate in again? Human communication. Human communication. Okay. Very cool. Well, I'm excited to get into today's episode with you. Now that we have a good idea of who you are and where you come from, it is is really, and again, an honor to have you on here and to talk about some of this. So we wanted to talk about sex conversations that you can have on a first date. And, yes. and and I'm curious, by the way, do you have clients? Are you Do you coach clients as well? Or are you just a professor? Yes, I coach clients. So like my business is I coach clients on sex and relationship, but specifically more towards uh, sexuality and sexual communication. What is the breakdown of percentages of men versus women that you work with? Uh, I work with a lot more men and couples. Okay, interesting. Is there any reason for that? Is that specific because that's who you wanted to work with or is that just the type of people who reach out to you? It's the type of people that reach out to me, which is really interesting because a lot of women, uh, I feel they don't feel like there's something wrong with having no sex in a relationship, for example. Uh, If I just bounce off of like why 
these men come talk to a coach, a sex coach, a lot of times it's like, okay, my wife is not having sex with me. What do I do? Or like my girlfriend uh, seems like she's always like rejecting me, having a period or, you know, not having sex with me. Like, what do I do? Or it's single men who are like, okay, I'm like dating people, but I don't know, you know, when's a good time to initiate sex. Like, what do I say? I don't want to come off as a douche or I don't want to come off as like, I only want to have sex with you and nothing else. So like, how do I go about doing that? So a lot of times it's it's men feeling like them, like they don't know what to do in their particular specific sexual situation. Do you have any guys that come to you that want to know how to have these conversations if they're not looking for a relationship? Yes. Oh my gosh. This morning. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. So uh, a couple of men are more in, t- in the, I would say are more towards the non-monogamous realm that they are through my uh, coaching and kind of, you know, counseling them through like the issues that they've had in the past and whatnot come to terms with like, you're not a monogamy person and that's okay. Interesting. Yeah. And that you are driven by sexual attraction with others and you don't see monogamy as an important construct in your life. And that's okay. It's like you almost help people feel not judged for for their decisions or for their feelings. Oh my gosh, Trip. That is literally my number one job (laughs) so that I'm listening and I'm not judging and I'm giving you straightforward, objective, research-based answer. And what kind of like, what kind of research would go along with when you say like sex communication? Like, what kind of research is this? Gosh, it's so huge. I mean, it's an interdisciplinary research. So there's research in psychology, social psychology, sociology, human communication, gender studies, uh, religious studies. What else? Neuroscience. There's a lot of research. So we always say that sexuality research is truly like multidisciplinary because uh, all kinds of researchers do sex research just in very different angles. Like if I'm specifically right now, I'm researching how much sexual mindfulness contributes to sexual satisfaction and how much sexual communication predicts long-term sexual satisfaction. That's like my one particular area. But there's, you know, a scholar that studies pillow talk. There's a scholar that studies dirty talk. There's a scholar that studies um, anxiety and communication. Like there's scholars that talk that studies anxiety and, you know, erectile dysfunction, for example. So it's all uh, like a huge pot of various sexuality factors that people study. Interesting. Would you say that this field has grown a lot in the past 30 years? Oh my gosh, totally. Yeah. The past 30 years, I would say, let's see, I'd say the past 50 years, right? Because it all kind of started in around like the 50s. Right, with Kinsey, Um, right? Yeah, like around the 50s and then 60s, there's more. And then there was a time where it was like completely shut down. Uh, but then like it now is coming back. We like at conference, sometimes we'll say like, oh, we're in like a sex positive era or like we're approaching or entering the sex positive era, which is amazing because I do feel like we're going to be in a spot where we can push forward like let's have a let's have sex talks in relationship being super common let's have a sex check-in uh at a date or a in a relationship as super common uh let's have you know a six-month sex check-in if you're married like in a long-term relationship so it's all uh exciting I feel it's all gonna it's all gonna be like a much more accepting in the next few years, I feel. Yeah, I hope so. I, I know you do. That's for sure. <laughs> um, all right, cool. So let's talk about conversations that you would have on a first date regarding sex and the kinds of sexual communication you'll have on a first date or second date around that area. What are some of these? Yeah, like in early dating, I'd say. Yeah. So in early dating, if you are curious whether or not you're going to be sexually uh, compatible, it is strongly recommended that you ask some of these questions. So the first one 
is, uh, okay, let me preface this. Like before you ask this question, you might want to be like, hey, you know, I think it would be fun if we talk about sex and like some of the sex stuff. What do you think? Right? Because you do want the other person to be on board and open to discuss before you start asking them like sex questions. Would it be be that abrupt? I would think so. Because, you know, we talked about like just a minute ago, we were talking about how taboo sex is to a lot of people. Uh, Depends on where you are in the US or abroad. Like in some cultures, it might seem so uh, aggressive to start talking about sex to a woman. You know, because right. yep, women women were taught like, oh, like don't be, right? Like, you know, one of the worst words is like, don't be a slut. Like, don't talk about sex. Don't seem sexually assertive. Like, so that gives a lot of women like anxiety talking about sex. Right. So that means when you're on a date, right? You're a man and you're on a date with the woman, like before asking her sex questions, you might want to just kind of warm her up, like a little conversation foreplay. I feel like, too, it should even sort of get there. Like, instead of like, all right, you take your next bite of food, there's an awkward silence, and then you go, so, (laughs) you know, why don't we talk about sex? You know, she'll be like, what? But maybe (laughs) if it starts to get to that point, if it's slowly starting to reveal itself as a conversation, then you kind of, you can interrupt it there, and, and it's a little bit smoother. Oh, totally. That's a great advice. And you know, I love this uh, strategy of bringing up a third party. Like you can always bring up a book you just read, an article you just read, or like, oh, I just saw something on Trip's TikTok or Dr. Tara's TikTok. Uh, that's that's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Using the third party strategy is great because it's like, oh, it's not really... It's not really something that I've been thinking about. It's literally just something that, uh, you know, I heard this morning, right? So it's like, much like lower stake. Okay, cool. So that you can kind of bring that up. That starts to get into the conversation. Maybe you say you heard a podcast. That's a a little meta. But um, yeah, or you say you saw a TikTok, you're reading a book or some kind of interesting thing Mm -hmm. that you heard. Okay. And then from that point, what was the line again that you said in terms of bringing it up with her? Yeah, I think it'd be so fun to like talk about sex stuff. What do you think? (laughs) I love it. (laughs) <laughs> I think it would be fun to talk about some sex stuff. What do you think? Yeah, okay. I used it. I've always used it when I was dating. Oh, well, I bet you when you use it, uh, the guys are like, let's go. Yeah, sounds good. <laughs> you know, you would be surprised how many single men are so hesitant to talk about their sex life to me. No, it do- it doesn't surprise me for sure. <laughs> I think that, you know, it, it it's interesting. So for a woman, it's she doesn't want to be slut-shamed. Right. For a guy... I think it's just a general awkwardness around sex and insecurity around sex. So it's hard for them to talk about it because, well, they've probably never been asked so uh, <laughs> so upfront about it. Or yeah. it's just something that they've never had a lot of a lot of conversations with so openly. So it, you know, something you haven't done makes you a little bit nervous, right? Especially around something like that. Dude, so, totally. so the stakes are high. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think they feel like the stakes are high. But uh, some of them would say like, are you doing research right now? I'm like, no, I'm on a date. <laughs> I just want to have a conversation with you about sex. I am not uh, doing secretly, research. Secretly, of course, it is also a little bit of research. <laughs> it's a little bit of both. I guess. Yeah, I guess. Right. It's a, no, but it's I get it. But you're doing it for research. you. Yeah. So, okay. I would say after you, you know, playfully, again, like key, the key is being playful. Like playfully mentioning sex and like, let's talk about sex stuff. What do you think? Right. Uh, then I would ask this question first. And it might sound a little subjective or vague, but give it a few seconds. Like don't, don't intervene. Give it a few seconds to see if she can come up with an answer. And the question is, how do you view sex? And if this question seems a little too vague to you, uh, you can ask a question that is kind of like an alternative. Like, uh, do you think sex is important? And then kind of start having a conversation from there. The question, how do you view sex, is to get to uh, their general sexual attitude. Sexual attitude uh, can basically tell you what they're going to behave uh, sexually in a relationship with you in the future and whether or not you like that. Because, okay, let's say you say, what do you view on sex? Or how do you view sex? And if she stops for a little bit 
and think about it and say things like, "Well, I think sex is between two people who are in a long-term committed relationship or an exclusive relationship of some sort." Then you know that. Sex is a high stake for her, and that if you do have sex early on, like first date or second date, then she's gonna want to be in a relationship with you. If she responds in what way? Like, oh, like sex is only for uh, people in committed relationships, exclusive relationships. Got it. Okay. Yeah, like that's like. Have you ever had someone who who said who said? sex is not that important? Like, do people actually even say that? When you ask the question, how important is sex to you? Have people said, eh, it's not that important to me? Yeah, you would be surprised. I was very surprised. There okay. are some people so that guys have said sex that is not important to them. Uh, yeah, and you know, when I was single, I was actively dating. Like, I went on a ton of dates and I just enjoy meeting new people and talking. There was this time uh, that I went on a date and it was an older guy and he was like in his 40s and he was like, yeah, sex is sex is cool. And you know, it's nice connecting with a woman, but like it's not a deal breaker for me. Like it's not a huge thing for me. I'm like, whoa, I didn't even know this exists. I wonder if that was a lie. Dude, I don't know. <laughs> to make him sound different. Right. It could be. It could be like, oh my gosh, I'm so intrigued. But then it's with the wrong girl because I'm sexually active. So I'm like, okay, that's not going to work. Big big mistake. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah, I'd rather talk to someone who's like, oh yeah, sex is super important. I want to please my woman. Then I'm like, hell yeah, let's go. Absolutely. Yeah. So if you ever get that question, it's important to you. You better tell the truth. I think so. Yeah. I think that most women... Uh, are just like men. They also want to have sexual pleasure and want to be pleased during sex, right? But we have like a huge problem right now of like women not wanting to have sex in a relationship or like kind of holding out and not wanting to have sex when they're dating someone unless they become, you know, uh, exclusive couple. Uh, And I think a lot of that is because sex has not been very pleasurable for her. Interesting. Okay, so that are you uh, now? Let's talk about this for a second. I want to come back to what we're saying here, but why do you think a woman will hold off or hold it back from uh, being in a relationship when she's in a relationship with a guy, and she's or she's in a marriage? Why is this such a common complaint? If if people say, such as yourself, that women like sex just as much as men, people even Mm -hmm. say, oh, you know, some people say women like sex more than men because they have more nerve endings on their genitalia and Mm -hmm. and they like it more then why is there such a big deal here happening with so many men complaining that they're not able to have it with their partner? Yes. So the three major reasons are, and the first one is um, right off the bat is pretty simple, is their uh, physical health isn't good. So if their physical health isn't good, they're not eating right, they're not exercising, um, and maybe they have like specific sexual, like physical issues, then that's a different story, right? Because that, that's your body. But then the two socio-psychological reasons are, one, uh, they have never had pleasure, which means like basically they have never orgasmed with their partner. So like what's the point of having like all this, you know, effort putting in if like I can't even get an orgasm, right? So number one is they are sexually dissatisfied. So they don't want to have sex. And number two is they are not sexually attracted to their partner. They no longer are attracted to their partner or maybe they were never sexually attracted to their partner from the first place, but it's amplified with you know, house chores and children and lack of novelty and work, right? So, wait, did you? But did you say a second ago they never were sexually attracted to their partner? That's interesting. Hmm. Hmm. So, biologically, women that want to have family and children have biological clocks, right? Which means, like, at a certain age a lot of women will settle with a man that checks boxes like a resume, right? Like, okay, good job, good personality, has good group of friends, like everything seems great, let's go. 
like, you know, let's be in a relationship, let's commit, let's do holidays together, meet each other's families, and like, let's mm. kind of just get on this hamster wheel and get married and have children. But I'm putting, I'm putting the, the, the sexual attraction and all that behind. That's in dude, second totally. place right now. I'm focused on all this stuff, all the things that you're yeah. saying. Yeah, 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 100%. I feel like guys do, some guys will do the opposite, okay? I'm sure you've <laughs> heard of this before, right? So what, now let's talk about the inverse for a second. Yeah, please the, share. The, the guy who only is focusing on that, okay? So he meets a girl. Oh my God, she's mm-hmm. so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Wow, um, we have amazing sex. Oh my God, this is wild. And then finds out that she is not let's just say not all all there right you know in, in, in layman's terms a little crazy um or just a girl who's not good for them it's not really a good match but they're thinking more sexually than they are compatibility so it's like the opposite problem like yeah will, gosh. You know what I'm yeah men men and their uh sexually active behavior it's hard yeah i've definitely heard of a lot of men like that like yeah i just want to you know have sex with her and i kind of i want to date her she's so hot but then I don't see anything long-term because she's not like, quote-unquote, wife material. But then again, at the same time, like that girl doesn't know. That girl doesn't know that he didn't think she's wife material. So she thinks this is it. This is forever. And then one day you break up with her because you found someone else. And then she goes, you know, crazy, like slash your tires, coming to your house and stuff. (laughs) And you wonder why she acts like that. Well, it's probably because she's always thought that you were the one and there was a long-term relationship prospect. Right, exactly. Okay. Yeah. We're, we're not off track. It's all on track, but I want to rewind <laughs> a little bit and go back to what we are talking about with the sexual communication on the first couple of dates yeah. and the importance of this. And so we're, we're, you're opening up the conversation to the woman on the date or the second date early in the dating. What is your view on sex? Okay. So that's where we left off. So we're fine. What are we finding out again with this question? Yeah. So we're going to find out uh, specifically about their sexual attitudes. And sexual attitudes is basically your general view of what is the function of sex in your life and in your relationship. There's various different uh, sexual attitudes. Some people are very playful and recreational. And these people do do not want to be in a committed relationship because sex is recreational and they want novelty and adrenaline from multiple partners. But then there's also more committed, right? More relational, more like, oh, sex is uh, sacred. Sex is for two people, for connecting uh, with my partner. Sex is for committed, exclusive, monogamous relationship. Sex is not like a something kinky or, you know, quote unquote, dirty, like sex is very sacred, right? So that's like one type of attitude. And then that recreational, playful, kinky is like another type of attitude. And then there's an attitude of like, I only have sex, like to have children. You know, if we're like, sex is not for pleasure. Sex is just to have children. So that one sounds religious. Yeah, yeah. But you know, it's pretty common in the US, depending on where you do your survey. Um, So that's like, yeah, then then that means like she won't have sex with you until you after you get married. Okay, yeah, so, so this is clearly a very important question to ask. So you totally. can find out if you're on the same page. Yeah, totally. That's why I actually, it's a little radical, but I encourage people to do this on a first date because why would you want to waste your time if you know like right off the bat that this person has like incompatible sexual attitude with you? Now, here's another interesting response that could happen too. And I'm curious what you think about this. If you ask that question, the girl says something like, oh, I, I don't know. I actually, that, that question makes me feel very uncomfortable. Or if she, if she responds in that way, mm-hmm. w- what do you think about that? Like, what, what would you say? I mean, that almost is an answer in itself, right? If she mm-hmm. acts like, like it's uncomfortable for her and she can't have this conversation. Yeah. Yeah. I've had people that told me that. So, My answer is it means that she is not yet sexually liberated and that, you know, she, then you can switch your question to like, okay, well, you know, do you think people can have sex before they get married or before they're in a committed relationship? So then you can get a little bit more specific to the question rather than like, how do you view sex or what is your view on sex? Then maybe change your question to, do you think people can have sex before they're in a committed relationship? It's an easy yes or no, right? So maybe she's like, 
Well, you know, I don't know. It depends. But I would say no. Then you know that uh, the sexual attitude is towards that like strong connection, relationship first kind of type and not like recreational. So there's different ways to adjust your question so that you can kind of get an, a, an easy yes or no answer. If the person, if she is not yet like sexually liberated or awakened and she doesn't have the vocabulary and the language to talk about sex. So what I'm hearing then based off of what you're saying is guys should figure out what it is they're looking for sexually and in a sexual partner, whether they're looking for casual, whether they're looking for monogamous, whatever it is that they're looking for, doesn't matter. Figure out what that is so you have the right questions to ask so then you can find out if this person is a good fit. Is that what I'm gathering here? Yeah, you're right on the spot. It is exactly that uh, because I don't, you know, I don't judge what your goal is if your goal is just to have a bunch of sex, like that's cool. But like the question then should gear towards un- trying to know that answer, right? Right, exactly. Yeah. It could also limit a lot of drama. <laughs> How do you mean? So if you didn't ask that question and you kind of just assumed and then, you know, first date uh, after, you know, a fun date date night, you like walk them home and then you try to kiss them and have sex with them, they would be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, what is this? Push them off. And now like all the vibe is off. Uh, You know, there's no more like trust in this person because you just violated her space because you didn't know she was super religious or maybe like super anti like sex on a first date or something. Right. So then that's like off the table and it can cause like a pretty, you know, dramatic night uh, if you didn't no, at first. So this information, obviously, very important. Yeah, I think so. And then I would say the second really fun question to ask, and this is for people that are a little bit more daring, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't even think it's daring because like the answer can be super vanilla too. Is like, okay, like I just want to ask you something for fun. What's your sexual fantasy? Okay. Yeah. And why is that important? That will allow you to understand their scope of sexual variety. And then you can know if that matches with you. Yeah, totally. Because uh, what if, you know, their answer is like, I really don't have a sexual fantasy. Okay, number one, that means like she has not yet explored herself sexually because everyone has sexual fantasies. Number two, if she's like, well, my, my fantasy is kind of like maybe like having sex in public, maybe have sex like on the plane, then you kind of know like, oh, okay, she's like down to have some sexual variety, down for some like, you know, a little dangerous, like fun sexual stuff. And then you can kind of tell if you're into that. Because some, some men are super shy and they don't want to do all that. They just want to have sex in the bedroom. Or what if you go on a date and she's like, oh yeah, like I have BDSM sexual fantasy. Like I think about, you know, like choking uh, my boyfriend, like slapping my boyfriend, stepping on my boyfriend, <laughs> whipping him, right? Like what if that was our sexual fantasy? So it's kind of like, it's a fun conversation, uh, but at the same time, also get at something like sexually and psychologically. Right. God, it's so interesting how you can just ask a couple simple questions and hopefully get some answers that will give you a lot of indication of how this person views sex how this person uh, likes or dislikes sex, what it is that they think about it. It's really good intel. Isn't it cool? Yeah. Well, I guess I'm curious, Trip. how do you view sex? I would say I view it as something that's very important in a relationship. I think it's something that needs to be uh, talked about openly, consistently. I view it as something that can be a combination of both and or something that is either purely just uh, for pleasure mm-hmm. or something that can be used for connection and pleasure. Mm-hmm. So something that is a, a vessel to get you to a point of connection with someone is basically what I'm saying or, or it's not. And it's just something that is just a way of, of fulfilling a fantasy of yours. Um, that's probably as far as I see it. You know, a lot of people, uh, not a lot of people, people I've, I've heard of sometimes, and I think about this quite a bit, people who, who talk about it in this spiritual way, how it connects you to the universe and it mm-hmm. connects you to some deeper spirit, deeper being. 
It's like, I sort of understand that, but I'm not super on board with that. That's not just how I see it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to me, it's not this connection to to God or connection to the universe. Um, if anything, it's a connection to the person that you're with, or maybe even a connection to yourself, mm-hmm. depending on on what's happening there. That's mm-hmm. how I see it. How do you see it? As a person, um, I think s- sexuality one of the most important essence of a human. I think that my own sexuality and my trust in it and my cultivation of it and my confidence in it fuels who I am as a person, who I am as a friend, as a partner, as a sister, as a daughter. I think my sexuality plays a huge role in my identity and who I am and who I project. In a relationship, I think sex is extremely important. I would say uh, that it's top two, like really, really close to, uh, of course, like personality compatibility. I think personality compatibility is probably first because, you know, even if you're extremely sexually attracted, like we talked about before, like, you know, you could be personality like wise has nothing in common and that's not going to work. But uh, yeah, right, right after personality compatibility is sexual compatibility. And sex is extremely important to me. I'm willing to overlook uh, other things that perhaps I, you know, initially wanted in a partner that my partner doesn't have. I'm willing to uh, look over that and shift my perspective if that sexual chemistry is strong. Like sex is extremely important to me as a dater. Uh, so when I was dating, like I made that known. I communicate that to the other person that, you know, I was on a date with how strongly I feel about that. And sometimes that intimidates them because they're like, whoa, she's so intense. Uh, but ultimately, I'm attracting only the people that would be good for me and would be compatible to me, in which it did. Okay. Very nice. So you, yeah. Yeah, you have a very good answer. Uh, you've obviously <laughs> thought about this quite a bit, which is, uh, which is what you should be doing because you <laughs> totally. I mean, I, I do think though that we can all think about it a little more. There's too many people that are, let's say, like single people, right? That haven't even explored themselves and like what they like sexually. You know, uh, if you go to like a single, a group of single males right now, like let's room, let's put all of them in the room. There's a hundred of them. Uh, I'm, I would be curious to know how many of them can answer specifically what they like sexually. Oh man. Well, what they like, I would say. You know, apart from like, oh, like if she's hot, like, you know, not, not a general answer, like a very specific answer. I would say less than half would be my guess. Yeah, that would be my guess as well. So, you know, yeah, like, all the single men out there, you are single, you have time to like improve yourself and self-improvement is a huge part of your podcast, right? I think it's yeah. I think it's a good time to learn about yourself and become this like really competent lover and partner. Uh, and you will attract uh, uh, you will attract a girl, a woman that is more in your frequency. So what can guys do then? as homework or on their own that you would give them that they can take away from this episode so they can work on this? Well, if you have sexual anxiety or some type of anxiety uh, surrounding dating and sex and romantic relationship, I highly recommend sexual mindfulness practices. There's so many experimental studies that show how much sexual mindfulness practices work in contributing to your sexual confidence and sexual satisfaction about yourself and with a partner, like the partner you're going to have in the future. So the question would be, what is sexual mindfulness practices? You can get started with even just, you know, journaling. And if you don't like journaling, you can get started with sexual meditation, sexual breath work, a lot of sex is the rhythmic breath work. A lot of really deep, intense, passionate, heated, amazing sex is that rhythmic, rhythmic breath work. So I highly recommend as like a man, a single man, for you to develop that into your own routine. Maybe you can start with once a week and then go up to like 
a couple times a week. I do it every single day, but like you don't have to do it every single day. If you can, that's amazing. But if you can't, like do it once a week. Give yourself some time and explore yourself, like and your manhood and your masculinity as attached to that, like sexuality. That's good. Anything else that they can do? Yeah, I would say uh, start talking about sex on dates. <laughs> Just get used to it, right? Yeah, get used Bring to it. Bring it up. It's- see what happens. See see what comes of it. Yeah, just bring it up. You're on a date. Like it's, I mean, you know, first date, whatever. It's it's like moderate to low stake. Like just bring up sex, see what's up. <laughs> it's, a, it's a big, it's a big ask. I'll tell you. Yeah, I, I know. It's, uh, you gotta have, you gotta have some courage to do it. But, but the guys listening, are, they can do it. They can do it. Yes, they can, they I'm can, sure they can. They're, they're they, trips, uh, prodigies. <laughs> I don't know about that, but <laughs> they are, if they've been listening to a long, for a long time, then yes. They, they know that it takes courage and it takes dominance to be able to make it, to get anywhere in this part of your life in terms of attraction and, and meeting women. Do you, totally. do you talk about that at all? Like polarities and meeting women or attraction? Yeah, yeah. Or have you done studies on that stuff before? I haven't done a study on it, but I have a theory uh, of like why women like aggressive sex uh, with their man and it's based on evolutionary theory and it's like if you have sex with a man who's like super soft and like super unassertive super super unsure not sure what to do next and like not really taking charge uh, it feels like they can't protect us it it feels like you can't protect me but if the man takes charge, is assertive, and is pleasuring me uh, in ways that, like, I derive a lot of pleasure from having sex with him, and then, like, you know, kind of lead the way during sex, and even like engaging in maybe some like aggressive sexual behaviors, like towards you know BDSM, but light, mild. That, in my theory, it signals dominance and masculinity, and that like uh, you can protect me. You're a man that can protect me. I think no. that sex is super animalistic. Uh, sex is one of the, you know, first things that humans do, right? We didn't, have, we didn't have smartphones. We didn't have social media. So if anything, being on social media or smartphones is unnatural, but we, yet we have accepted it and become really good at it. But like sex has been here for thousands of years and a lot of us are, have not accepted it and become good at it. So like, what's up with that, right? Uh, I do think that women that feel very sexually satisfied with their men partially it's because their men project this like i can protect you essence got it got it well it's interesting because this uh this feels like something that would not go well in the feminist community no what do you think about that like (laughs) i feel like you saying it maybe it's a little bit softer because you're a woman and you're saying it, but if I were to say something like this, which I do from time to time, <laughs> um, it would look like it would look misogynistic. Oh, women can't protect themselves. Right. Men are men, men are the superior. Women are the inferior. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I can totally see that. Uh, but at the same time, I am a feminist. I believe in equal rights between men and women. But you know, one of my favorite uh, psychotherapists, F. Esther Perel always say, sex is not PC. She said, sex shouldn't be PC. Sex is not PC. The bedroom is not PC. Like leave PC out the door and be your animalistic self and like fulfill your, you know, whatever um, desires you have. If you're a woman and you're a strong feminist on the outside and, you know, you go on different marches and you ask for women's rights and you sign petition and you're doing everything you can to raise awareness about women. It doesn't mean that in the bedroom, you don't want to get, you know, choked or, (laughs) or like, you know, do like get binded or uh, doing bondage sex with your partner. Like sex is not PC. Yep. You're right. I, I'm going to steal that. From you, <laughs> feel free to do so. Bro. I'd like to. I'd like preaching this for a long time. I I always have this theory of like that's why. I mean, that's why I like uh, assertive sex from my partner. Like 
borderline, like, you know, a little bit more aggressive side, I think it feels great. Number one, it feels like, oh, he's so strong. Like I'm attracted to him right now. Uh, But number two, I think it's truly like the animalistic, like evolutionary theory, like Darwin, you know, like he's strong. He can protect me. I think that's like very deep down. Of course, I don't think about it that way, but I think it, it's subconsciously telling me that. Yeah, and it's that's something I talk about quite a bit. I, I talk about the idea of dominance, which is is synonymous to me with leading. So what that means is you are leading in terms of making the assertion. So you're the one who is approaching the woman. You're the one who's asking her out. You're the one who's going for the first kiss. You're the one who's initiating sex. You're the one who's being more dominant in the bedroom, all those things, because women are attracted to that. And that is something that they find themselves um, just very invested in when they meet a guy. Yeah. Yeah. So it's all very important. I do think that there are some women that are not attracted to that. And uh, there are some women that are perhaps like very, very assertive and has developed maybe like a body type that's perhaps not common in our gender roles, like in the typical gender norms. Like maybe more of a masculine. Yeah, like a very masculine, very assertive woman, right? Like a, like, like a boss bitch. Like she might not like all of that because there's a clash of, you know, too much power in a relationship, like two people struggling to be assertive. Like how does that work? Right. So I would say in life and being a professor and, you know, being an employer, like I have people that work for me, I'm assertive. Like I can tell people what they should do and, you know, what, and I can give people a pretty direct feedback without feeling scared or afraid that they won't like me. Like I don't care about that. But in a relationship, I do soften myself a little bit because I enjoy uh, that someone does things for me. So I don't want to be doing every fucking thing by myself. (laughs) So I do soften a little bit and I ask for help. And I ask that he does this and that for me. Because I do think that he can, you know, then he can assume his dominant role. And then I can enjoy not doing stuff. Because you don't want to do stuff or because it makes you attracted to him? Both. Because number one, (laughs) I'm already boss during the day. I'm tired. I don't want to be, you know, uh, doing more stuff. Uh, Number two, I'm attracted to him when he takes the lead. But yeah, like I said, that's not for everybody, which is fine. But I would say a lot of women uh, that I talk to are similar to me. Interesting. Like just in your circle or you think a lot of women are just like that? Um, I would say a lot of women uh, in like on, on social media. Because I have a lot of people that DM me or like, you know, they leave comments on my TikTok or Instagram and then women that I meet just like at parties or conferences in general. Right. And you probably just hear that a lot. They're probably talking to you about that maybe as an issue is my guess. So it's a little bit louder. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. That's a big issue too. And people in long-term relationships, they're saying that like their husbands no longer are like, you know, the, the person that he used to be. Yeah. Because they get, uh, they get complacent. Yeah. And so comfortable. And they feel like they don't need to work as hard anymore to attract the woman. Mm -hmm. And then it all falls apart, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. Totally. And this goes with, uh, you know, single men and going on dates too. Like there are so many men, I feel, especially when I was dating, uh, that they weren't assertive enough. What were they doing that wasn't showing that assertion that you were looking for? So like, okay, on text, right? He's like... uh, on a text, it could be like, yeah, like, uh, you know, like, I don't know, like, are you free uh, this day or that day? But like, honestly, whenever, like, you know, it, the language is already like turning a turn off. Yeah, not taking control. Right. Like the language of uncertainty is a turn off to me. So I'm like, yeah, you know what? I think I'm really busy this weekend. I'll just check in with you later. I like, I just don't <laughs> because <laughs> that's a turn off for me. Or, okay, like, we finally set up a date. I meet uh, this person. And then, you know, as they approach me, they just seem like very uncertain and unsure about themselves. Uh, and if they ask questions like, so like, what do you do? Uh, and well, you know, I kind of this and that, like they don't have an answer. Uh, or if I ask like, so what, what are you passionate about? Like, what are your hobbies? Uh, 
And if the the guy goes, uh, I mean, I don't know. I kind of like playing video games or I, if you don't have an assertive answer, it, to me, like, like con- that conversation becomes like super annoying. Yeah, I can, I can see that. It becomes yeah. like, yeah, you're just seeing, you're seeing some of his less masculine side, which is not very attractive. You want yeah. someone who's certain, who's got purpose, who's got a path, knows what he wants. It's very, it's very attractive to a woman. Those masculine qualities, well, those are the masculine qualities. And that's what makes a woman attracted. So yeah, yeah you're showing I mean, that stuff on a first date, big trouble, big trouble. Yeah. Uh, but also, like, you know, I do think that women um, are feeling like a lot of men have not developed their emotional intelligence right? So maybe you worked on your masculinity and you become super masculine or as, like super assertive. Uh, however, you didn't at the same time develop your emotional intelligence. So you're now this like man who's super assertive, uh, knows what he wants and, and, you know, lead the way. But at the same time is so bad at receiving feedback, bad at nurturing uh, the woman, bad at asking questions, for example, like things that signify that you have high emotional intelligence, then that's a problem too. So definitely also develop your like emotional intelligence. Yeah, for sure. You need that balance. And I think that someone who has that balance is also a more charismatic individual in general. And that is going to be more attractive to the woman as well. 100%. Yeah. Dr. Tara, this has been fantastic and really enlightening speaking to you. Can you tell us where to find you and where guys can reach out if they want to work with you? Perfect. So uh, all my social media accounts are lovebites.co, L-U-V-B-I-T-E-S dot C-O, as well as my website. My website is also lovebites.co and my coaching schedule and, you know, other uh, details are on my website. So lovebites.co. Fantastic. We'll put that in the show notes. Dr. Tara, thank you so much again. And I hope to have you on in the future. And I do mean that. And we can talk about other topics related to sex and sexuality and and sexual communication. So thanks for being on. That's amazing. It's been so fun talking to you, Trip. Thank you. 